I'm Lawrence of the other midday show here at The Score. This hour is being brought to you by CarX Sire and Auto online at carx.com. The top of the hour is being brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Ray, let's go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And 670thescore.com. In Odyssey Station. Previously on the Lawrence Holmes Show. If you knew that this was a thing that lingered, shout out to the Cranberries, and you go into this season with your rotation being incomplete. I wouldn't say that it's bad. I would just say it's incomplete. I know I have a guy that can be a top of the rotation guy in Giolito. If Lynn is healthy, dot, 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 he goes there too. Cease is the best stuff, mm-hmm. but he often will go to the zoo. Keichel's cooked. And Kopech's a cipher. It's a weird way to go into this season. What are you going to do? And then Sean Manaya gets traded and it's not to you. And you're like, oh, man. Come on, man. God. My only disappointment was that you didn't immediately launch into the Dolores O'Riordan lilting yodel that was right there for you. I could do it. I oh, love that oh, song. Okay. It's such a great song. It is. It's so well written. You know I'm such a fool for you. See, that's the easy part. You've got me wrapped around your finger. But then you gotta get the. Do you have to lay linger? Do you have to? Do you have to? Do you have to let it linger? Yeah, sorry for that. But it's, sorry, it's my fault. Occasionally, stuff like that happens. Make me a bicycle clown. Production right there. And we also figured out that Dan wanted me to sing Zombie and we all missed it. Bass drop! Welcome in. My name is Lawrence Holmes and I'm here with you until, well, today until 1.30. Because we have Cubs baseball today, and Speaks is going to be on the call. Here's what we have planned for you. Cody Westerlin is going to join me at 1240. We're going to talk Bulls with him as they get ready to take on Giannis and the Bucks. They can clinch not being in the play-in tonight. We will have that game for you here on The Score. 1 o'clock, we will do Top 5. I do Top 5 Tuesdays. Today, I thought it would be appropriate leading into the Cubs game. Top 5 Cubs for 2022. Tiger Woods says he's going to play in the Masters. The White Sox signed Johnny Cueto. There was a national championship game last night. There is a lot for us to discuss. We are glad that you are along for the ride. If you're just hanging out and listening on the Odyssey app, we appreciate you. If you're listening on 104.3 WBMX HD2 Chicago, our HD station, thank you very much. We appreciate that. If you're on Twitch, hello, Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Chicago 670, the score. We thank you for that as well. We're going to take a timeout. The White Sox signed Johnny Cueto. This gives me an opportunity to talk a little White Sox. We will do that. I'll throw in some more Bull stuff. Maybe we'll even get to Tiger Woods. Hang out with us. We got you until Cubs baseball here on the score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670, the score in Odyssey Station. Circling around and slipped underneath. They go to Love. Love's going to be the one to take it. Puts up the shot. It's off. The game is over. 
Highlights courtesy of CBS, or wait, TBS, last night. I know we reflexively think it should be on CBS, but it was actually on TBS and on TNT. Listen, man, y'all gonna have to make up your minds. I need for my Marvel movies to be on TNT so I can go watch them during a break in the action or halftime. Put Ant-Man on and be done with it. I think Ant-Man was actually the lead-in on TNT to the, the Final Four coverage. The conversation I was having with Dan about coaches who are different than their upbringing in the coaching tree, someone texted in and said, Coach K is a lot different than Bobby Knight. Um, I hate to be the one to tell you this, but outside of the hitting players, kind of similar. Someone did offer this one up. Stan Van Gundy. It's pretty good. He's personality-wise a lot different than Pat Riley. When he's not coaching. When he's coaching, they are similar. Both of the NCAA tournaments, the men's tournament and the women's tournament, were incredible. These really fun, good basketball that was being played. I thought that there was a ton of good strategy that was being employed throughout the tournament. And some coaches impressed me, like Juwan Howard impressed me with what he was able to do with that Michigan squad. Obviously, Shaheen Holloway now gets the job at at, uh, Seton Hall. And that's a really cool thing, too. I don't know if you saw his introductory press conference at Seton Hall, which is like down the street from St. Peter's. Kind of. St. Peter's is in Jersey City. He brought the St. Peter's kids to that press conference. And I thought that was that was a really cool thing to do. But this tournament has been great. The men's tournament was it, it was you know what's weird? Like that game was crisp. A lot of times in championship games, it takes forever and it feels like it takes forever. You didn't get the end of the game. We're going to foul. They're going to shoot free throws. It just kind of reached its natural conclusion. And I really enjoyed that. It's fun games. Fun to watch. We got bull stuff to do. Cody Westerlin is going to join me in the next segment. We'll preview Bulls versus the Milwaukee Bucks. There is some news on the White Sox today. Johnny Cueto has been signed to a minor league deal. It's another arm. That's the way that I was looking at it. Like Ray and I were trying to figure out, like, do we bring a guest on to talk about Johnny Cueto over the next couple days? I'm like, I don't know. I could call my friend Laura Britt. Like, She's now going to be doing pre and post for Giants. And we could ask her about the Johnny Cueto experience. I just feel like this is... To me, Johnny Cueto is, in case of emergency, break glass type thing. Like, that sort of thing. But, it's at least another arm for them. How they go about getting through the first two months of the season. I hate to say that I'm worried because that lineup is so stacked that I do think that they can hit their way through some of this. 
but I'd be lying if I told you that I'm not concerned. Like I'm truly concerned. Because if you roll out, if you say, well, here are my three pitchers, Giolito, great, check mark. Cease, hopefully he can repeat and improve on last year. Kopech, I don't know what he is. And those are your three pitchers that you're starting your first series out on. I feel okay, but I don't feel great about it. And that's part of the problem. Also, yesterday I had Steve Stone on the show. He was terrific. Here's what he had to say about the White Sox continuing to try and find arms. And I think some of the best stuff that he gave us yesterday was him talking about the damage that could be done to not just the White Sox, but pitchers all over Major League Baseball with the way that this thing has ramped up. We were in the running. We were one of the last two teams. It was San Diego and our ball club for Sean Manaya. As it turned out, San Diego's offer was a little more enticing, and uh, Manaya went to the Padres. But I would assume, and knowing Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams as I do, I know that they're absolutely trying to exhaust every aspect of, of getting the Sox, uh, I think, a, another quality starting arm. And, you know, that's, that's not going to be easy because the people that have them uh, at this point are going to ask a king's ransom because they realize the situation that the, the Sox are in. They're certainly not going to do anything that helps them unless it benefits uh, the team that they're coming from. So uh, I think that it's not going to be easy, but I think it is doable. And, and I, I would assume that uh, we'll see something coming up. I know if it, if it doesn't happen, it won't be for lack of effort because I know uh, that these guys really work hard to try to put this together, and they feel that uh, maybe, just maybe, one more arm, uh, especially – a starting pitcher would be advantageous at this point. The Sox are sitting there now with a couple of injured pitchers, injuries they don't want to have. And, you know, you can look at it, and it was almost predictable, Lawrence. Predictable because this was an accelerated spring training for a number of different reasons. I was very much against this from the beginning. I thought if you accelerated this, if you forced it to get in 162 and brought this to an accelerated pace in spring training, you would open the door to injuries not only in spring training, but a tremendous amount of injuries in April. We're seeing it with the Mets. We're seeing it with the Sox. And you're going to see it with every team. But I do believe you're going to see more pitchers being used and starters going shorter because you've got to build them back up again. You really have to protect these guys because they haven't had a chance to have that normal spring training. And I'm not saying that they didn't work out during the lockout because they did. But it's different. You can work out, you can throw on the sidelines, you can pitch at a junior high school somewhere or to a high school catcher, even a pro catcher. Uh, but it's just different when you get into spring training against other major league players. The other part that we didn't get a chance to talk about because there was other things that was on our minds yesterday, it's not just not having access to major league catching or a major league facility. It's also not having access to the trainers and the doctors. Not knowing where guys are actually at. And whereas you might have a player have a little twinge, like something doesn't feel quite right. They go, all right, you know what? I'll just take a day off from throwing. When there might need to be a diagnostic test done to find out what's wrong. 
whether we're talking about upper body or lower body, where in in a team environment, the team's going to be like, I'm sure it's okay, but why don't we get some imaging done just in case? I think Stoney's on it. It's something to watch for throughout baseball. It won't just affect the White Sox, but it at least is affecting the White Sox right now. Bulls have got Milwaukee tonight and Boston tomorrow. Wow. Cody Westerland is going to join me to talk about both next here on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. That's going to do it as the Miami Heat with a season series sweep. They win their 50th game of the year. Billy Donovan walks midcourt. Derek Spolstra, very, very good friends in the final score here at the United Center. 127 to 109, Miami. Highlight courtesy of the score, Chuck on the call. That means that as of now, the Bulls have a 2-19 record against the top four teams from each conference. That's it's not good. It's pretty bad. Cody Westerland covers the Bulls for us. The Bulls have got a lot of games against good teams, or at least two games against really good teams back-to-back. Starting tonight, you can hear the Bulls-Bucks game here on the score starting at 645. Cody joins me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Cody, thank you so much for joining me. The first thing I want to ask you is, what's the health status of the Bulls right now? Well, Zach Levine went from probable to questionable to play tonight as he manages his left knee soreness. And with it being a back-to-back and the Bulls being one win away or one Cavaliers loss away from at least clinching a playoff berth. And when we say playoff berth, we mean a top six seed, at least a number six seed uh, right now. You could see Zach sitting out tonight or tomorrow. It sounds like that's a decision that will obviously be made closer to tip-off tonight. Lonzo Ball, uh, we'll have to wait and get an update from Billy Donovan this evening. Uh, but at last notice, at last news, he had not ramped up to sprinting that we knew of yet or full speed cutting and such, which means he's still likely uh, not going to return at all this season unless something miraculously changes here today or in the next couple days. What about Alex Caruso's back? Yeah, that's been ailing him and bothering him lately. And He hasn't even landed on the uh, injury list with the back injury, but it's something that caused him to ask out of the game in the third quarter uh, of the loss to the Heat on Saturday night. At the United Center, you've seen him with heat packs on the sidelines. You've seen him staying and standing up on the sideline instead of sitting down uh, in chairs like he would usually do. So that's something that's bothering him. He's described it as tightness um, more so than pain. Uh, but obviously a back contusion uh, when you get banged up and bruised, running into screens, diving on the floor. We see him dive on the floor all the time. We see him run into dozens of screens a game or or narrowly avoid big collisions and such. So he's probably going to be um, managed on a minute's workload as well, depending on how he feels throughout the course of every game here as the Bulls go down the stretch with four regular season games left. And if it's a blowout or if the game doesn't matter that much for playoff seating, which which could be the case in some of these uh, down the stretch, you could see the Bulls resting him a game or, or giving him a smaller workload. But uh, he seems like a guy that 
He's never going to ask out in a game that's close in the fourth quarter or anything, but sometimes the writing's on the wall and you're going to lose a game or something and the Bulls will want to relax his workload a little bit if they can. Looking at the way the standings go, you have Miami and Boston at the top of the Eastern Conference. Milwaukee has been sitting in that third spot for forever. Philadelphia and them are tied. Then you've got the Bulls and the Raptors. If you're looking at the the squads that are in the, the top four, is there a matchup that's better than the other matchups for the Bulls in your estimation? Well, I still think the Celtics would be the most favorable of the reasonable matchups for the Bulls at this point. And that's because I don't think the Bulls have beaten the Giannis-led Bucks since like 2017. So uh, Giannis just absolutely owns the Bulls. We know the same is true for Joel Embiid uh, when he's out there healthy with the 76ers. The Bulls have never beaten him as well. Now with, with Harden struggling for long stretches, especially in big games and spotlight games like the playoffs will be, I think the Bulls have enough defenders to run at Harden that I don't think the Philadelphia offense outside of Embiid is a huge concern. But when you're looking at the Celtics being more of a little bit backcourt or wing-oriented team rather than a center-based um, team like the 76ers, I think they're a little bit better matchup for the Bulls. Robert Williams obviously will be out um, for the first round of the playoffs too, and he's the anchor of that defense. And you've seen uh, the Celtics struggle a little bit more since he went down uh, with his injury. So I would guess... Um, if you had to put some true serum in the Bulls, that they would probably pick the Celtics. It's a team we'll see at the United Center on Wednesday night. They're 1-1 one one against the Celtics this year. Uh, they lost by two in Boston in a game they didn't have Lonzo Ball. They didn't have Zach Levine. So they've played the Celtics better than they've played any of these other top teams. And no matter what they say, Zach Levine uh, is re- really fierce in his comments all, after almost every game. Like, even though we're not beating these good teams, we feel like come a playoff moment, if we get it together, we'll be fine. The past does not matter uh, in his mind. But I think if you if you ask the Bulls, they'd rather play a team they've had a little bit of success against rather than a team that, that really has been a monster for them that they really haven't beaten. And that's been the case with the Heat, the Bucks, and the 76ers this year for them. When I look at the Bucks, obviously you start with Giannis, but I swear, Cody, in the games against the Bulls, as much as it's been Giannis, it's been Drew Holiday that the Bulls have struggled against. That's just it's just been a magnificent acquisition for the Bucks all around, and they gave up a ton of draft capital to New Orleans to to get him, and he's a huge re- reason they won um, the NBA title. And he hit some tough, tough shots against the Bulls last time. And the other thing is, he's always going to make life difficult on Zach Levine or Demar Derozan, whichever one he. Ch- at various times on the court because Drew is so strong um, that, I mean, he's not scared to even get mismatched in the post against other team centers because it's really not not a mismatch in any way. Like, he's a brick down there. It's hard to move him, um, and he has a lateral quickness and smarts um, and ability to read the game really well that he can take an entire opposing elite score out of their game. Doesn't mean they're going to score five points in the game, but usually they don't get their 20, 25 points efficiently. And that's really all the Bucks need, given how good they are with Giannis and everywhere else on the floor, that if they can take away one of your best options and make you struggle a little bit, it's going to be a really uphill climb. He's been awesome. It's why big reason why I don't think the Bulls would have any chance against the Bucks in a playoff setting in addition to obviously the biggest problem in the NBA is probably the Giannis problem for every team, and specifically the Bulls. But Holiday's just been absolutely awesome for the Bucks when they need him in big moments. I've enjoyed being wrong about 
Patrick Williams. I've enjoyed watching him over the last couple of games go out there and defend the rim to take on big assignments defensively and be aggressive enough on offense. What are the Bulls saying about what he's done so far and what they think he can do going forward? Well, they like his energy a lot more lately in these past few games, just what he's brought them. I think when when they say energy too, like I feel like they mean rebounding and defense, and specifically to me, a lot of times his defense means weak side help or, or how he's playing off the ball, and they like that a lot more. Because say what you want, like he is still not being offensively in any way shape or form I know he hit the big shots against the Clippers in an overtime win but he only shot four shots in that game so they want him to be more aggressive offensively they still don't think he's doing enough with his mindset and aggressiveness on that end but by way of feeling him and that's kind of uh, just something that that's a hard concept to understand sometimes you know because what does it mean? Does it mean racking up rebounds? Does it mean banging into people? Does it mean the other team going away from you because they're scared? But just the force of him as a player has been better in past games where he's been a difference maker at the rim on defense, getting in the mix offensive rebounding or getting contested rebounds on defense. That's been better in the last three games. You saw him block Tyler Hero at the rim a couple times on help defense recently. Uh, in the Bulls' loss to the Heat on one of the plays, he ran to the other end, end and finished really well in traffic. Like from him, that's what they like from him. They think he's done that better in the last three games, but it's still a case where like Billy Donovan's having to remind Patrick Williams at halftime of games, "Hey, you got to do this more aggressively. You need to be here. You need to make this person feel you and help defense and recover to your other guy." So it's not something that's instinctive yet. Instinctive is a word that Billy Donovan recently used when referencing Patrick Williams in comments, and they want him to instinctively be aggressive rather than them forcing him to be aggressive, and he's not there yet. And second-year guy really only has one year of experience games-wise um, in the NBA because of that long-term wrist injury this year. So they need to get him there sometimes. I, I don't think that's something, if you don't have it, it's something that's not instilled overnight. So that's going to be a long-term project for the Bulls is getting him to be more aggressive. But they've taken baby steps the last few games, and that's a really good sign. And I think it's really important because he's doing enough where he deserves more minutes, more rotation minutes, whether they end up putting him in the lineup or not that he can get that playoff feel and setting. Like, if he's providing you nothing, you can't play him in the playoffs, right? And it's really important for him to play in the playoffs this year, I think, in my opinion, in your opinion, in the Bulls' opinion. And he's doing enough now where he should get heavy rotation minutes in playoff settings and really learn a lot here. Cody, as always, I appreciate the time. I'm looking forward to tonight's game and see where the Bulls are at. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Yep, you take care. That's Cody Westerlin from our staff. He covers the Bulls. There's a couple of news and notes from the White Sox. Dallas Keuchel is now slotting to be the number five starter, but we kind of already knew that. Yoan Moncada hurt his hip, but Larusa said if they were playing regular games, he would probably be ready to play, but there's no reason to play him down there. Johnny Cueto is going to go to Charlotte because he needs to get work. Joe Kelly is going to stay in Arizona because he's not going to be ready either. So there's stuff. There's all sorts of stuff. When we come back, if you're a Cub fan, you're going to be able to hear some Cubs baseball here on the score starting at 1.30. To lead you into some of that, we'll have a little Cubs conversation. My top five today is top five 
Cubs for 2022. You'll want to hear it next here on The Score.